2: folks welcome to another episode of film study this is ken McCusick. we're continuing on with our expectations series today and today two players that mean an awful lot to the ravens 2022 season calais campbell and morgan moses uh as usual two two players who are are uh, not paired at a position group here to talk to me about these guys is brad mcgowan brad how are you doing i'm doing great ken
0: looking forward to the discussion
2: uh, tell folks, first of all, where they can talk football with you.
0: Sure. I'm on Twitter at MCBradley. Um, I think every time I'm on one of your podcasts, I mentioned that I don't tweet that often, but uh, the more I uh,
2: appear on your podcast, I might have to start being a little more active. All right. Well, very good. I'm glad you're, you're getting some uh, back and forth going on this. I, I know a lot of people have had positive things to say about the series. I can tell you only this. These are a lot of fun to record, so uh, we're definitely getting analysts on who are very interested in the players that they chose, which is, uh, I, I think, part of the thing. So, appreciate you uh, taking Campbell and Moses for us today. And uh, let's jump right in if you're ready. Sounds great. All right. So, Clayus Campbell is back on a two-year deal for $12.5 million. It's an interesting deal because most deals are, are heavily backloaded, even two-year deals we saw uh, that was uh, a, it could be a one year deal for 10 million for Villain Waiver or a two- year deal for 16 million. and of course it ended up a one year deal for 10 million. Well Campbell's actually uh, may turn out to be a one- year deal for six million. The second year he actually gets paid six and a half of the, of the 12 and a half. So uh, an interesting kind of a deal, I think a, a good structure for the Ravens, uh, frankly, in terms of how it's done just in case he either decides to retire or um, you know, drops off to where he's not meeting expectations.
0: Yeah, I was really happy to see him uh, re-sign this offseason in doing some of the analysis for this podcast. I was reminded that he was the Ravens' highest-graded defensive player, according to PFF, last year. And at this stage in his career, that's probably not what you want as a Ravens fan (laughs) if we're going to be – competing, uh, at the level that we hope that being said, Campbell has really been an iron man his entire career. Um, and it's really had an astounding level of productivity all the way, uh, all the way through. And I, what, what is he entering? He's going to be 36,
2: 35, 36 this season, 15th season. So his first season was 2008. Uh, and you're right. He played 57 and a half percent of the snaps in 21, even though he missed a couple games played and still played in 15 games. This is what I find to be incredible, Campbell. He's missed twelve games in a fourteen-year career. Today. Yeah, it's 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 really remarkable.
0: I was just kind of just perusing just his career, and he's really been one of the interior defensive players, uh, really for over a decade now. And uh, he happened to play um, alongside of or opposite in uh, in the same era that J.J. Watt was just a phenomenal interior defensive player early in his career and now Aaron Donald and those two players have really overshadowed Campbell for his career but he has really had a remarkable career and been a pretty
2: incredible player in his own right yeah absolutely and uh, you know with your regard to your original point about he, he still was the highest graded player for the Ravens defenses last season I mean he, that definitely is the eye test entirely. I do a, a, a portion of my article every week is uh, devoted to star treatment, where I literally list out the plays where we took a, a a note for some exceptional activity by by a player. And Campbell, if if I didn't really want to mix it up a little bit and have some different players, if I didn't want to be boring, you know, he'd, he'd be one of the three pretty much every week. Uh, he's just an absolute dominant player who turns in, you know, six plus outstanding plays per game. And sometimes it's 14. You know, he's just, you, he's, he's shows up play after play, either doing something personally, sometimes in the blowing up a run play where he doesn't get a tackle credit. Other times just helping somebody else, making the play by his own action in terms of, uh, of getting some leverage and allowing somebody to slip through behind him. It just an incredible defensive player he does not really show up in the statistics directly. And certainly not in a one and a half sack year absolutely and i think
0: you know his his you know his grading probably was impacted by the fact that unfortunately baltimore was just not up to our standards uh, defensively last season, ton of injuries in the secondary struggled a lot with the middle linebacker play from time to time. I know that that has been, uh, much discussed on this pod channel. Um, but really, he, he really was the most consistent defensive player that they had game in and game out. He just brought it every day or every game rather. Um, and it was, it's really good to see him back. I think, you know, when you think about what this season will bring, um, New defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. I know you guys have discussed that at length on this podcast, so we don't have to belabor that. But um, the Ravens did a lot in the offseason to restock uh, the cupboard a bit, drafted along the defensive line uh, with Travis Jones coming in as a rookie um, and brought in our old friend Brent Urban to restock the defensive interior as well. Resigned Michael Pierce, who ha- had a phenomenal couple years for Baltimore uh, when he was here starting in his rookie season until he left for the vikings and then we got a bunch of guys coming back from injury so ideally this season we're going to have a lot more talent defensively that they can deploy and be a lot more multiple which means hopefully that campbell won't be called on to be the same uh, you know the same level of uh, play in play out setting the tone for the defense and hopefully as other players rise up he can kind of settle into a role that allows him to thrive uh, and make some more splash plays is, You know, that's really kind of my hope.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think, you know, he, he, his last five years before coming to Baltimore, he's been in Baltimore two years already, but the last five, uh, he played between 77 and 80% of snaps every single year, which is first of all, incredibly consistent and, and an amazingly high number in terms of if you look at all the Ravens who've ever played 70% of the snaps, it's a very short list uh, you know, it's dominated by Holodi Nada, who did it four times, but uh it's it's a very short list of total players. And then, you know, he wasn't he wasn't just there. He was up at 77 to 80 percent. Baltimore's system is rotational. They they really value trying to keep players fresh, really always have. And I think he'll see even less activity this year. I would expect him to play maybe fifty percent of the snaps when healthy this year. Yeah, I think that would be ideal. I
0: think if they uh, have either one of Urban or if somehow Wolf comes back and can contribute in a meaningful way paired with Pierce, plus a couple of the young guys, hopefully Matt and Washington take a step forward this year. I know that you've talked about them at length in this pod. And then with the rookie, hopefully uh, Campbell will be able to, you know, really in an optimal scenario, I would love to see him playing. Primarily just the high leverage downs, third yeah. downs, um, being able to pass rush. It'll be interesting to see what McDonald's approaches. It sounds like in some of the uh, uh, in some of the interviews that he has given prior to the season and the offseason, they've talked about blitzing possibly a little bit less, which will possibly allow them to rush for four. And I know something you've talked about uh, with the four-man rush, it gives the opportunity to stunt more. And Campbell is excellent at that, whether going underneath, or over top. Um, and so, you know, hopefully ideally he'd be able to slot into that role and be one of the interior pass rushers and high leverage downs.
2: Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. I think um, uh, I like what urban brings to the team as a run defender in particular. So a lot of the things that you needed to have Campbell on the field for the last two years, you can, you can take some of that responsibility off his lap. Uh, urban, a very versatile three, five player know um, that's one of the things that, that, that's really good about him. And, and he'll be able to uh, either line up next to Pierce in some nickel situations where they really need to stop the run, or he'll be able to, to line up as the five tech when they have three linemen out there. I think we'll see a lot of that, by the way, with Travis Jones and Pierce on the field at the same time. So I'm expecting Travis Jones to get to play a lot of three this year. Uh, Michael Pierce probably stay at the one would be my would be my guess as to how that uh, that plays out, but if if you if you're playing a lot of rundowns like that, you really have the opportunity with the current defensive lineman to, to have some time off for Campbell. I think I would also see Madibike moving into more of a uh, more focused on passing downs, and I'm not saying it's all going to be like third down. He's in there for, but maybe we we'll see Matabike more on second and eight plus, and then third down kind of thing. So, so it so it kind of limits his snap. Now. now he'll he'll start some series too. Don't get don't get me wrong on that. Um, he's going to be out there, and they're just going to rotate the entire line by by series enough that that they'll do that. But I think there'll be um, there, there will be times where where they're going to want to get Matt Abike to play not as many first down snaps, since I think he's he's not as stout a run defender as the other options they have. So
0: when you when you talk about having. Um, uh, having Pierce and having possibly Urban Mm -hmm. to stuff the run in early downs um, and really manning more of the interior role uh, in Matta and passing downs. I was wondering what your thoughts were early in the season, if we might see Campbell lining up on the outside in pass rush situations, given that right now we have a dearth of available bodies with folks coming back from injury at outside linebacker. I recall seeing Campbell from time to time lining up in that, traditional defensive end style role in a, in a four man rush. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. Uh, if they're, if they're showing a four man front, no problem. If they if it's a, you know, a three, four uh, alignment uh, where they have two outside linebackers, then that makes it more difficult to fit in Campbell on the end. Yeah, uh, it's, I, I'm not saying it yeah. can't be done. You can stand up uh, Bowser or whatever, but uh, they can do a lot of things in the name of, of trying to, um cover for not having good rush players but i think they're going to have to re-sign Justin Houston um they'll have Adafio way hopefully uh, you know healthy and ready to go by the by the time the season starts uh Ferguson will be available if they need him to, to to be on the outside um if if you're talking about replacing Campbell with Ferguson for for some downs sorry other way around replacing Ferguson with Campbell for some downs i don't think that's too much of a of, of a loss i, I don't i you know, that's, that certainly would be a possibility. You're not getting a coverage guy really in, in either case there. Um, it, it would be possible to do that. If, if Campbell does line up on the edge, it really has to be at the rush edge. So there's, so your, your Sam guy, uh, is still lining up opposite that, that tight end is in line. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've ever called him in the past
0: lining up out there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's certainly a possibility, but, um, yeah. I mean, I, again, like I'm, I'm really happy he's back. Um, if you want, we can get into a good versus great.
2: Well, why, we talk, why don't we talk about a few goals? Cause I don't want to go to good versus great and jump starting, sure, but I've sure. got a few things I want to see from him. Absolutely. Uh, I, I want to see him contribute to the interior push on obvious passing downs. And, and it doesn't, he doesn't have to generate the sacks personally. In fact, he could, if he had the same season he had last year, you know, I'm, put me down for that right now because he he was outstanding. And that was only a one and a half sack year. Uh, He's got a lot of ways in which he can contribute to effective pass rush by pushing the pocket, you know, getting, getting somebody in that quarterback's cone early enough in the play with a good rush, particularly when he's alone on a, uh, guard who's not the not the top guard in the league. He's going to have a good opportunity to do that, and uh, uh, you know we've 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 seen him succeed in that and, and and get somebody in the pocket quickly, which which can create a broken play. Uh, I, I want to see him provide th- three five versatility. I, I want him to be able to play both positions, uh, maybe even then effectively the nose on some passing downs. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, the
0: the other thing that I would love to see is that he just continues to be a leader, a vocal presence, a guy that I mean, the Ravens need a, a bunch of these young guys to step up. And, and Campbell, I mean, he's a Walter Payton award winner, a classy guy um, known throughout the league as one of, you know, one of the. You know, classy veterans and, and just having him continue in that role in that mentoring role. I know it's not his his job to coach up the other players, but just being that presence um, day in and day out, I think is 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 to see some of these other guys step up and start to produce. I think that's a, you know, something I would put on his if they were able to be successful, I would give him credit
2: for that. So that's something I'd love to see, too. You know, he, he, for starters, he's not one for one threatened by anybody like some quarterbacks are. You you, you can't really expect a quarterback to mentor somebody he's directly competing with. And, and oftentimes, right. you know, those quarterbacks will get up at the podium and say, you yeah, know, screw that. You know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. that's not my job. Ryan um, Tannehill looking at you. <laughs> yeah, in, 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 exactly. in uh, In Campbell's case, you know, he's here for one or two more years. I think if the Ravens were to win it all this year, I think he might hang it up. Um, if you know he certainly uh, you know will probably take two shots at it if everything works out the contract is certainly structured to incent him pretty heavily to play that second year if he plays well this year so uh, you know I think there's a good chance that he's around for uh, uh, for both these years And, and you know given the very limited horizon all the incentive is on him to be a teacher slash mentor and I think we've seen that in some of the camp videos they've shown of him you know, working with players like Matt Abike last year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, I, I meant to, to mention this at the beginning when we were speaking about him, but uh, his, historically in Ravens history, the acquisition of Campbell reminds me a little bit about of the uh, when when the Ravens went out and got Anquan Bolden. Um, Bolden was a little bit earlier in his career, but he, had, he was still a really established veteran, um, mm. really solid player. They, they made a trade for him in the same way they did for Campbell. They didn't give up very much in the way of assets to get them to get Campbell and to get um, Bolden back. And both of those guys came in and, and, you know, with Bolden, he was here three years and they won that Super Bowl in the third year. And this is going to be Campbell's uh, third year. And I'm, you know we're thinking high and lofty goal winning the super bowl. is fantastic. And, and sort of um, you know, the, the Bolden acquisition was one of my favorite in Ravens history where they went out and got a guy that wasn't the top of the market, but really made a difference. And Calais has been uh, that kind of player through
2: the first two years. And I just love to see it continue in that same vein. Yeah, Rod Woodson, a similar pickup, not a trade, but a but a late career acquisition uh who really worked out. They've had other late career acquisitions yeah, that absolutely. Have not worked out. <laughs> right. So, sure. You know, I I think my guess is they probably thought they were getting a leader with Earl Thomas. That turned out to be very far from the truth. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, Sometimes it, uh, you can get fooled on this. Let me right. back to Campbell a little bit in terms of, of goals for this next year. Um, I, yeah, I do think he'll be rotated more frequently, which we talked about already. So I, I, I don't think we need to go on that again. Um, maintain uh, outstanding run defense is important. Uh, he, he's not going to be in there. I don't... I think there might be less rundowns total against the Ravens this year just because I I'm hoping they'll be ahead in games. And, you know, with a healthier squad we'll be will be more likely to force opponents into more passing. That being the case, or if that is the case, uh, you know, Campbell won't have as many opportunities to show off his good run defense, but he'll have he'll have some still. And then most importantly, I want to, I want a guy who maintains his effectiveness on a snap by snap basis overall, uh, with fewer snaps is is fine so if, if i have i have an aging player i'm expecting some form of decline i can either take the same number of snaps at a lower level or i can take fewer snaps at the same level give me that one give me the fewer snaps at the same level we had before um i think that would be my preference with a player like campbell and the, and the one that frankly has a, a a better chance to work out and i think
0: if uh in that scenario hopefully that also means that we're playing him fewer snaps because some of the other guys are stepping up yeah. And that's going to be important.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, you know, you mentioned Broderick Washington's name as well, but these guys can't all be active on game day. And, and it'll be interesting to see if they regularly dress five, in which case you'd, you'd think Pierce, Jones, possibly Urban, Campbell, and Matt, Abike, Matt Abike. And then Washington may, might be left out, or there might be weeks where they leave Urban out. Uh, and they think they've got but and, and there's going to be other weeks where the Ravens have uh, kept five on the roster typically and dressed only four fairly frequently. So, you know, I, I, I don't think that's been particularly successful for the Ravens the last few years with the injuries and some of the players they've had who haven't been really ready to play a lot of snaps, but then have been called upon because of, of the situation in games like, for instance, Ellis. Um, was asked to play way too many snaps, not a bad player, you know, decent nose tackle, but not a guy you want to have and play 53% of the snaps or something. The, it's, it's just, it's just not ideal. So if they're yeah. going to rotate appropriate all week to week, I think they're probably going to have to have five dressed and have six on the roster would be my guess for the, for the defensive line.
0: And much of that's probably going to be impacted by how many special teams, only players are they dressing the in and week out. Um, and you've talked this year about how we have fewer of those guys that are only going to make an impact on special teams so perhaps um they aren't you know an anthony levine type isn't taking up a roster spot
2: that it would la- allow them to dress an additional player yeah jordan richards uh yeah you, you you they've had they certainly have had plenty of those guys in the past sometimes you you observe that that's the actual usage of the guy but it's it's that's not what, what i'm Talking about, I don't think that's what you are either. In, in 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 terms of this, I'm talking about guys who could contribute on defense if called upon. So Tony Jefferson, correct? He might not get called upon. Geno Stone might not get called upon to play safety very often, but he's he's available. And if they have the need to play four safety packages, they've got it covered. And if they have if what safety goes down, and they still want to have four safety packages, they got it covered. Right. Right. Yeah, I was
0: talking primarily about. Players that play special teams that you wouldn't trust to be on the field in a defensive situation. Uh, In this case, you're probably going to trust a lot more of those guys on the field. So it's going to give you a little more flexibility. There
2: you go. All right. Well, I understand you have a good and a great ready to go. So tell me what's a good season for uh, Calais Campbell this year. Yeah. So for uh, Campbell, you know,
0: for good, I put. Uh, or my thought process was that he maintains this level of performance he is the rock in the center of that defensive line defensive interior and then his steady play similar to last year allows some of these younger guys to start to blossom in uh, you know more I don't want to say niche roles but in you know in scenarios that are really um, aligned to their skill sets for example Matabike on third downs so that's the
2: good for me I, I love that last part because that's kind of the additional part you have, but I wouldn't, I, if, I, if I was rewriting mine, I'd do that. I just said stays relatively healthy and contributes to both run and pass defense leads the defensive line and snaps. I think if, if all three of those things happen, in fact, I think leads the defensive line and snaps really means you can cross out the stays relatively healthy because it, right. it'll mean that. You know? Right. So, so, uh, I, but I agree with your other point. If, if he can allow others to succeed in some, in some roles, that would really be the icing on a good year. Right. And it does not depend on big personal statistics. In fact, most of these things, I've tried to stay qualitative with players as we, as we go through this. And I, I noticed you doing the same thing.
0: Yeah. Although I will say I did get, I did get uh, quantitative on the great side. Let's hear it. So great. Um, you know, going, uh, qualitative first it, for me, a great season for Campbell would be that Pierce Jones and Washington, um, you know, maybe, um, urban, Or whomever, those guys can handle the early down, run stuffing downs and the Ravens can maintain a high level of run defense with those guys on the field and they don't have to rely on Campbell. And then they can put Campbell in high leverage situations, partnering with Matt Abike or with Jones or whomever to really wreak havoc in high leverage situations. And he's able um, to influence the passing game a lot more. That's to me a great season because that means that the young guys are evolving to a way where they can be trustworthy down in and down out. And Campbell can just, get after the quarterback. And to go quantitative, uh, I think his first season, there was a wired episode where he was telling Brandon Williams or one of the other defensive players that he wanted to get hundred sacks in his career and retire. And he's six and a half short. He has 93 oh, wow. and a half. And if you look back on his stats throughout his career, his first two seasons, he didn't have six and a half sacks. But then outside of that, there was one season prior to him coming to the Ravens where he had fewer than six and a half. And it's only been with Baltimore that that total has dipped. So I'd really love to see him, you know, go out with a bang and get those hundred sacks. and That, that
2: I think would be great. be great. Would you be OK with him getting him over two years?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I love I love him. Keep yeah. keep him keep him around. And for the money that Aaron Donald just signed, uh, we're paying Campbell. What is it? Great price. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Great price. Yeah. Now, granted, Anna Donald, Aaron Donald is a one of one. But Campbell is um,
2: an exceptional, exceptional player to have on your team. You, you pay for that tail of the, of the ability curve, that's for sure. Right. Uh, I had a little bit different on the great. I said provides a little more as a pass rusher in a more specialized role. So you had some of that. One and a half sacks in 2021 of the lowest since his rookie year. So I'd like him to finish a little more this year. I think there, because of the way the coverage should be this year, I think he, he should have some opportunities to finish uh, that are more than what he's had. Um, I, don't, I can't really say that the pass rush around him is any better. In fact, it might be less. We'll see how, you know, without Bowser, who was the leading sack guy last year, are Owe and Houston able to provide enough pressure? That three-man that three man group was was pretty effective in terms of, of getting pressure until um, things started to really go south late in the year. Uh, but continuing with Campbell, I want him to get his hands up for some big passes defense. I mean, think this is a defense behind him particularly on high leverage downs, as you've mentioned, can take advantage of that. I want to play the run effectively and continue. I don't think there's any real doubt that if he's healthy, he'll do that. Um, and I want him to continue to defy time with his impact play after play, that, that you know he doesn't look like a 36-year-old out there all of a sudden. Um, one of the things Bill James used to say is the only surprise you get from a player over 30 is a bad one. And I, th- I think that's, that's largely true in, in, in football in particular. In baseball, the, the, the prime age is a little bit later than what it is for football. Football is pretty, pretty damn young. So yeah. a lot of your bad surprises uh, are, are, are silver plattered to you by your, by your older, highly paid players. And uh, hopefully we don't get one of those from Campbell. And I think if, he, if he's on the field, um, I'd be very surprised if he does not continue to deliver a very high level of, of quality play.
0: I agree with that and speaking of last thing speaking of your your note about the batted passes mm-hmm. it will be interesting if they put him uh, next to Urban in any of these passing situations because Urban was great at batting those passes out. Oh, yeah. I mean, both those guys are, are huge 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 gentlemen so it would be give up uh, be,
2: be tough tough finding passing lanes with those two guys in the middle yeah, we talked about we just did the Brent Urban expectations today, so it'll probably be out the day before this one uh, goes. So look back if you haven't listened to it already. But there's uh, Brent Urban getting high and 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 uh, tipping a couple of balls. That's about all I expect of him as a pass rusher. A little bit of contributory pressure, um, but uh, but hopefully he'll uh, he'll he'll be that run defender that allows Campbell to take some snaps off and um, maybe a game off if necessary. So if if Campbell's hurt. You know, you have Urban in there. He, he's not as good, but it, but he'll give you some of what Campbell can give you if you if you need it that way, and also he'll give you some of what Wolf would give you because I think only one of those two will make the team. Only Urban of Urban and Wolf, only one will make the team. As of right now, based on obviously the, the injuries that we're aware of, where Urban is in terms of being at OTAs and Wolf is not here, I I, I would guess it's probably going to be Urban but I can't say that for sure.
0: Yeah. I, I I don't wish to speculate on that. I have (laughs) no insight, but I
2: I think you're right
0: about one of them making the team.
2: Yeah. All right. We're ready to move on to Morgan Moses. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Signed for a three seasons for 15 million and his, his contract also a very well-crafted veteran contract, which is not um, heavily loaded towards the back end. So he could, i meaning, and and by that, I mean, not heavily bonusified. So uh, you can't really afford to cut him in the second year. Uh, His contract could be one year for five and a half million. It could be two years for 9.5 million, or it could be three years for 15 million. Very good structure for a player, his age, you know, he's past 31. Uh, He he certainly is a player. You have to be concerned about when that drop off will occur. Uh, He has played every game for seven consecutive seasons and at least 91% of snaps all those years.
0: Absolutely. And um, when you had uh, mentioned that you had some of these shows that you wanted to do and, and Campbell and Moses was the pairing of the two individuals, one of the things that I, I was really drawn to is that in my mind for the Ravens, both of these players are are veteran players. And I think both of them, the goal or an ideal season is probably similar. Um, You know, we don't want to be in a situation where they are our only hope either on the offensive line or on the defensive line. Um, But they're very quality veterans that bring a lot to the table. um, And for, for, for really reasonable contracts. Um, When I was doing my research on Moses, um, I was actually surprised by how well he graded uh, PFF year over year. It was uh, a lot better than I anticipated, given that I think, you know, some of the dialogue around him coming to Baltimore is it's, it's an insurance. If if Stanley can't go, um, it's a little bit of insurance on the right side. If they don't want to put McCarry there, if Juwan James doesn't come back, although James is probably, uh, more of a pipe dream that, that he, he comes back and contributes or, you know, if they weren't able to draft, um, a rookie who could come in and play right away. And Fa'Lele, while uh, has a lot of potential, is probably not the guy that you're going to want to rely on day one. And so Moses was seen a little bit as a, um, you know, a bridge to that next, you know, that next right tackle of, you um, you know uh, that the Ravens could rely on for for a long time to come. But in doing some of the digging, he's really had a pretty solid career. As you said, he's been durable, and as far as the PFF grading goes, he's been really consistent. And uh, last year, he did he had a pretty down year by PFF standards. But he was, um, I believe, there was only one Ravens uh, lineman that graded out better than him. Actually, two: Zeitler and Bozeman graded out better than he did last year. But it was all comparable. Um, as far as the grading goes, and so I was, I was pretty excited to see how well he's, um, how well he's performed. And so you're the offensive line guru, uh, so I'll defer to you as far as the tape and what you
2: think we're going to get out of him from that standpoint. Right. This is a, he's an interesting player because he should gain from the system, but but let me let me drop a couple of background points before I ca- kind of project that uh, he's only played parts of five career games at left tackle. Uh, and, and I'm talking about games where he had more than one snap, which I think was probably an, a, a uh, uh, unbalanced line snap where he's listed at left tackle, and they might have three tackles on that side. You know, it's, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you know where he, he played 20 plus snaps or even five plus snaps. Frankly, There's, he's only had five games in his whole career: two in 2014 and three more in 2020. So I don't think it's likely. He's the answer at left tackle, although he might be the guy they have to rely on. He's a pretty average pass blocker, does not, definitely does not have great feet. Um, it's difficult for me to say because I've only seen Fa'u against college competition, but I'd actually be more excited if they decided Fa'u was a guy on the left side uh, if something happened. Uh, McCary actually, as a pass blocker by PFF, outperformed him last year. Um, and I didn't score Moses play by my system. I will say McCary uh, probably grades a little bit better by PFF than he does by me. Uh, he's in the, in the seventies by PFF as a pass blocker. Uh, his, his overall grade was, you know, roughly a C, C plus in that range. Probably not quite at that level. Be more like a, you know, a, I would think in the low sixties to mid sixties, if, if I were to make a PFF equivalent grade out of what I'm, you know what I'm doing. One of the things about McCary and and frankly even more so Villanueva is they gave up a lot of pressure between two and a half and three seconds. So they were letting the cone get invaded late. And uh it's not. I mean, and don't get me wrong. The, the Ravens should be eternally grateful to what they got from from Patrick McCary, uh last year. And obviously they, they they feel like it had value because they gave him a big contract. I I still hope he plays every remaining game of his career. On the interior of the Ravens' line somewhere, and and that's just a just a strict statement of I think you can do better at tackle, and if the Ravens do do better at tackle for every year he remains here, that's a good thing. So I I, I we'll see how how it breaks down. I think McCarey will be in bubble wrap to start mm-hmm. the season, or at least there's a pretty good chance of that because I think they're looking to make a one for one switch, and if you if you have McCarey. Uh, on the bench He can he can jump in At well certainly Three positions Anywhere on the inside But he can also jump in Probably at right tackle And be your next guy up If you don't really think File Lily's ready If uh, if Moses goes down At left tackle He's not going to jump in um, One for one But he'll jump in With a with a switch Of some sort So somebody will be Moving to left tackle And then McCary Would probably Probably be the guy To jump in at right tackle But in any case The Ravens are going to Have to make two changes If Stanley gets hurt
0: Stanley is certainly the long pole in the tent for the offensive line. Uh, When I think about evaluating or projecting out the hope for Moses, it's really tied into what the offensive line and the offense does as a whole. And the gold standard is going to be that 2019 offense. Um, And in that offense, uh, the line was dominant. Stanley played every year. I think he his great. I, I was looking at his PFF grade and it was he, he and um, Yonda had phenomenal grades that year. Oh, yeah. And that was a great offense. And if he can come back even remotely close to what he was, that's going to give us so much. That's going to give the Ravens so much more flexibility, because as I was as I was prepping for this, I was really excited about, again, you know, how how well Moses graded out just in general and felt that he's going to be a great addition to the, to the offensive line. But if Stanley can't go at left tackle while they have a lot of bodies that fit maybe the shape of what you want, they don't have any, any of those guys have with experience. Now I did look at the, the, um, the PFF grading of Moses in the games that he played left tackle in 2020. And he graded out pretty well. So it wasn't like he was falling off a cliff. So, you know, I don't know. I don't
2: I don't know who would play over there. if Stanley's not healthy. Right. Well, it, it, it will. I, I hope we do not see. Let's put Absolutely. It that way. Absolutely. Let's go back to Moses here and talk about some goals for this year, because the first and biggest to me is adapting to the Ravens system. Now, if you go back to 2019, the Ravens ran um, a lot of these plays where they allowed the the ed, the right edge to rush unblocked. Uh, That means a a down block from Orlando Brown that year, and then a nice, easy half level move up to level two to kind of seal that edge from a scraping player, created all sorts of opportunities for Jackson. Brown obviously had a very good year, but went to the Pro Bowl. Um, I think Moses could adapt to that, and this could be a better situation for him. Uh, even than some of his past things, he's he has enough mobility to certainly get up half a level. He probably has enough mobility to get up into level two and make some blocks and and not have to be completely lungy to do so. Absolutely. And I think um, when you think about uh,
0: the Raven scheme, a lot a lot of it is predicated on that that power run game to the right. Mm-hmm. So who plays left guard is going to, you know going to contribute if they can pull in the same way that, you know, in the 2019 season, I think you, you, you've famously talked about how many times Bozeman pulled game in and game out. Um, so if they can get, you know, someone that can replicate that to some degree, and they, there's a lot of options at left guard, you guys have talked about it at length, but assuming, assuming that, uh, that power run game to that side remains, then, you know, hopefully Moses will slot right in doing the Orlando
2: Brown work. Yeah, he's he's you know he'll have a couple jobs over there. Sometimes the guard pulls, and you want to get him through the hole. That's oftentimes the the, the best situation for your guard, uh, in which case he has to make a he's usually going to have to make a good kickout block, and that's an in space block, which is going to be more challenging for him than a lot of other things on, on an end. If if the uh, if if he's blocking down and moving up to seal then it'll often be that guard has to make an outside block in space to, to get somebody, uh, uh, you know, kicked out. So so uh, that's the edge gets a, uh, the the running back is a level two or level three first contact opportunity. Mm -hmm. I I hope, I I hope we'll see him be able to succeed in either of those methods, whether it's effective ceiling when he down blocks or whether it's pushing guys out in space and maintaining those blocks, uh, You know, I don't have a ton to go on, uh, but I am hopeful that I'll work from. The other thing I really like about what Morgan Moses is coming to in terms of the situation is he's a quality player on each side of him. So that's that's something we can't say about. Um, Stanley, for example, uh, we we don't know where what he's got in terms of in terms of a left guard playing next to him. Or even Linderbaum, you know, because we don't know the left guard situation, we don't know if that left gap is going to be bombed by stun after stun after blitz, you know, kind of thing. Right, uh, you know, so, so you got problems there. But but it, at least Moses's initial position at right tackle between Zeitler and Boyle is a good place to start if those guys remain healthy.
0: Absolutely, and the other thing that should help the entire line is getting their running backs back oh, healthy yeah. this year. Uh, just having explosiveness in the backfield next to Lamar is going to help lift the
2: whole offensive line as a whole tremendously. I completely agree. And 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 that the Ravens have got to threaten All level, sorry, all parts of the defense horizontally along the line of scrimmage. It's the basic need, and I know we've in in 2019 they talked about, oh, Lamar's not throwing outside the numbers and not doing this and that, and and, but that it wasn't even really necessary to to do that. I mean, they, they had one of the most efficient offenses of all time because they could they could threaten left, right, and center along that line of scrimmage, and they did a great job of it. I think you know they need to get all the handoffs. Working well, all the sorry, all the running backs working effectively with the mesh point is one of the real keys for the Ravens to make that work again. Um, But they'll do a lot of other things. And Moses will be part of this because they run counter a lot. And that means he's going to be pulling some something he's probably not very familiar with, but something the Ravens will ask him to do as the second man behind either the center or the right guard um, in, in terms of pulling left. Uh, There'll probably be times where he pulls right as well in terms of, of looping outside a tight end, who's taking the block. So uh, he's going to do more polling than he ever has before in his, in his career. I'd be fairly sure of that. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. At at 31, I'll just say, I'll ask the question, would you say it's, it's probably unreasonable at this point, despite the fact he's been an Ironman, despite the fact he's played pretty well, you know, pretty consistently for his career that, that a, a, a step forward, either in terms of technical improvement or productivity in an area would be unrealistic. I, I don't, I don't think
0: that, I don't think it's unrealistic. Uh, when we brought in Zeitler last year, he, he was the same age last year as Moses is now. So they came in under, under similar situations. Thinking back to Moses, career being played primarily in Washington for a number of years yeah. in a franchise that wasn't, known for uh, a lot of success during those times. Uh, Then he he played most recently for the Jets. Now he's coming to Baltimore where we've been known with the scheme that we run with the Roman system that we can develop some offensive linemen. So I don't think I am expecting that he's going to take a huge leap forward in productivity, but I wouldn't say it's out of the question. Certainly 31 is, is old by, Football player standards, but uh, The Rams won the Super Bowl with Andrew Whitworth as a left tackle at 40 And he just retired and he was Exceptional down the stretch now, obviously He's an outlier, but To your point earlier Moses has been an Ironman
2: I wouldn't put past him to improve Okay, so it's, I, I- I think we might be saying the same things. I think any improvement in Moses is going to become because the scheme is a better fit. The players are a better fit for it. I don't think it's going to be an improvement of Moses himself. I think he's largely going to be the same guy. Even Zeitler. I mean, Zeitler had a terrific year for the Ravens last year, just an unknown, terrific year. And, uh, you know, he, he was basically no different than he'd been his whole career. That's basically what you got. Uh, and, and I think and he did, he did all of that without any running backs and with a lot of mayhem going on around it. Weak right tackle, uh, situation for much of the year with, uh, uh, with, with guys they had over there and weak. Uh, anyway, it, it, it was what he was. It wasn't, it wasn't an ideal situation for him. Obviously I agree. Okay. So you want to start off with what you think is a good year?
0: Sure. So, uh, Good. And, and this might be borderline on bordering on great, given some of the comments you made earlier, but my good was that he comes in and locks up one of the tackle roles. I think that's primarily the the right tackle role, but you know, if for some reason he's the first choice at left tackle and Stanley can't go that he comes in and locks that up and that he's able to lock down that role in a way that they can run their offense without having to, to scheme extra help for him, Play in and play out, and that was something that was a major problem last year. Is trying to 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 uh, leave tight ends in uh, to make up for some of the deficiencies at the tackle spot. If if he's able to mitigate some of that, it's going to allow them to be a lot more flexible in their personnel packages. It's going to allow them to be a lot more flexible in what they're asking uh, their receivers to do, and 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 you know give them a lot more optionality. So to me, that would be that would be a really good year if he's able to lock that up. And not need a ton of extra help.
2: Okay. I, that would be fantastic. And I, I, I love the way you describe that. That's really good. Mine isn't nearly as good, but I just say delivers quality run blocking. And I want that to be a significant part of rejuvenating the Ravens run game to somewhere between the 19 and 20 level. It doesn't have to be all the way to 19. That's so unrealistic. You know, to it's, it's like people talking about how this defense could be better than the two thousand defense year after year after year. <laughs> it's, it's never going to happen, folks. It's, there will never be another one that's, that's that good in our lifetime. At least I, I would anticipate not seeing that. Um, I, I would like the, the offense to get back to about eighty-seven or eighty-eight percent of what it was in terms of one particular metric, and that's points per drive. So if you take, let's say, you take eighty-eight percent of the three point oh eight. Points per points per drive they have yeah that's good two point seventy one points per drive that would put them in about the top five of the entire NFL and with the defense structure the way they are if they can get some leads they should be able to really lean on some opponents uh, if they can if they can just generally you know pump out points at that level so I'd, I'd be very excited if they could get to, back to you know eighty eight percent of what they were in two thousand nineteen absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I think my other part was provides adequate pass blocking. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> so, all right. Ugh, so, fair so enough. I, I actually like the way you had yours much better. How about how about great? What's your great? Well, so great.
0: Great was for me if they determine in the preseason. If first of all, Stanley is healthy in, in the great scenario, and in the preseason they determine that someone else wins the right tackle job outright. Outright, whether that's Falelei, whether they 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 feel McCary wins the job, whomever. Again, someone that's going to man that role and not need a lot of extra help from the tight end. And then Moses can be put in bubble wrap and be a durable backup. Hmm. And to me, that would be great. Um, I am really great. I'm really excited that Moses signed and took the deal that he did, given the player that he is. And I think he's really excited to be here.
2: And if they didn't have to use him, that would be amazing. It's, it's certainly a sunk cost at the, at the very I do think he's probably one of the Ravens' two best tackles right now. I,
0: I, I think that's likely too. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was thinking Pipe Dream Fa'alele comes in and he's like Orlando Brown Jr., right. Jr. but only bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and, and somehow wins the role. And then, you know, Moses is, is just in bubble wrap in, if,
2: in case someone gets hurt. You're, you're absolutely right, and by the way, we're recording this on June sixth. A lot of the shows where we talk about exactly this prospect coming up haven't aired yet. But uh, so, I, I just want to point out that this Brad is coming up with an original thought. He's not stealing something from another show. But this is this is that would be to me a wonderful solution to this. Would be that that Falalelli ends up just being a, a much better player than they had projected. It shows through camp, through practice, through everything. And through whatever means he gets, you know, sticks his enormous foot through the crack in the door when it comes and never gives up the position. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now
0: even, even Brown had to wait his turn uh, Mm -hmm. and didn't start day one. Um, our old friend James Hurst, man, that right tackle side he's <laughs> giving a lot of help, and um, with all due respect to James, I, I was happy to see uh, OBJ get that job.
2: And, and that was a, that was exactly the case of what you mentioned on the good thing was a guy that they really had to scheme for, and and fortunately they had Marshall Yanda there, and Marshall Yanda is one of the great bailout artists of all time in terms of processing inside out and and, and making that block. It's something that Cleveland has not nobody has it to the degree Yanda has it. Sure. But Cleveland is a big guy with that trait, which should really go well. So uh, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I agree with you. I, I didn't think there was any chance that that would happen. By the way, I, I was a stone cold, no doubt about it. You know, 75% chance Orlando Brown's the starter on day one. The only way is not his injury. You know, (laughs) there's there's no way that's that's not happening. And uh, yeah, I was, I was on air saying it. I was, you know, on the show saying it. And uh, Harbaugh just really favors veteran players over, rookies well
0: they there's been a couple I, I i wrote down in some of my notes there's been a couple times in in the recent passes, as i've been listening to your podcast and you going into depth about how the offensive line performs and has scored and kind of projecting out what the lineups will be there's been a couple times when the ravens have made choices that seemed very surprising um in in 2019, uh, again, in in addition to James Hurst starting, Oh no, he started 2018. Uh, he started 2018 and o- Orlando Brown came in 2018 and then was the starter in 2019. But going into the 2019 season, they had a hole at left guard. And um, I think Ben Powers was a rookie that season. And we thought he looked great in the preseason. And they, mm-hmm. they, they, they went ahead and went with Bozeman who was considered a uh, very slow footed coming out of college. And, he really excelled to the degree that we really couldn't project, um, and so that was that was the time that they they picked the guy that out of nowhere we didn't expect, and he he flourished. And then last season they went with uh, Tyree Phillips at left guard, which that's right. You know, was 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 was, was seems pretty surprising given that when Powers had played, he was he was pretty good, and they had also were expecting Cleveland to come back, and and as you've as you've chronicled on this, Powers was or Phillips was one of their few backup tackles that could yes, actually play tackle, and <laughs> they put him in there, and he gets hurt in that first in the first game against the Raiders, and then you know they're they're sort of out to dry for tackles.
2: There's a a word that sometimes comes up in financial circles when a series of unfortunate events occur, and they call it it a perfect storm. Mm -hmm. And the regularity of perfect storms would tell you, first of all, they're not one in 200 events, which is a normal kind of a standard for actuaries messing up. Yeah. About one in two hundred years, uh, it, 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 the, 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 they happen so frequently. In that case, that wasn't a perfect storm at all. That was just poor planning, and it, it turned out Phillips wasn't the right guy to tackle either because he got a chance to play in the second half of the season and didn't play very well uh, in some rotational uh, opportunities there. But when he was um, uh, at left guard and getting hurt in game one, and Stanley, you know, not being able to play or not being able to come back as they as they thought, I mean, you got to be able to see ahead on that kind of thing. If he's your only backup tackle, you can't have him out there. You can't, or you can't claim, Oh my good. How could I possibly have predicted that? Well, you could have predicted it because, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to, to,
0: to bring it back to Moses, you know, some of, uh, I, I think the circumstances that transpired last year, um, you know, uh, really convinced them they needed to go out and make the move that they did and bring in a guy like Moses. and, and, yeah, you know, looking at it on paper, it looks like a really smart move, and I, I think he's going to provide a lot of value for the team.
2: Yep. All right. So did, you did good, and you did great. I didn't. I don't think I said great again. I, you, you, you went through your great though, right?
0: Oh, I did. I did.
2: Okay. I, I apologize that we just up your mind. I, I just said stays healthy yet again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his game improves with quality linemates and schemes. So I, I don't think there's anything about him that's going to change. I think it'll be, you know, basically he's better within the Ravens scheme and playing next to Zeitler and, and Boyle. Uh, he, could, he could be better. Um, the Ravens have a big season offensively, and Moses is an offensive lineman we take for granted. Like Zeitler or Bozeman last year were. Uh, you know, you got a lot of things are happening to your offensive line. A lot of things are not working about your offense in general. You got problems, but you don't even think of Moses because, you know, he's just a given. And that's that would be ideal.
0: Well, I hope I hope in your scenario we take him for granted and there also
2: aren't a lot of other problems in the offense that's coming in. (laughs) Yeah, let's go with that. You always have at least one. I mean, boy the wide receiver people come out of the woodwork, even in a year like two thousand nineteen, to talk about how the Ravens can't possibly win by doing this or, or you know, and then it's you can't win in the playoffs, then you know, then we're talking sample size and all the other things that go with that. I mean, just I I don't know how to react to it because you know if you, if you weren't happy with the efficiency of that offense in 2019, you will literally never be happy with the offense of your football team. Not if you're looking at it realistically, because there'll never be another better one, maybe in the history of the NFL, on a per dollar of relative cap spent basis. Ken, as a Ravens fan my whole
0: life, or rather the whole time that they have been a franchise, that was – the most fun I had ever had in season as a Ravens fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had never rooted for the team that was just constantly blowing people out because the offense couldn't be stopped. It was like, it was like Christmas morning every Sunday. I, I was so not, I was so not used to it.
2: You know what I want to hear? I want to hear from people out there. And and if you're, if you're listening to this episode, toss it out there on Twitter for the general thing, for the general group to respond to, but did you appreciate the 2019 Ravens offensive dominance more or less than the 2000 Ravens dominant defense? Because my God, that was so much fun. You almost find yourself rooting for punts to, 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 uh, or, or maybe not rooting for punts, but, but saying, Hey, you know, it's okay to just get two first downs and punt from the 45 yard line because the defense will make something happen. And, and, you know, anytime you had the lead, you're just leaning on the opponent in a way that makes them look like a bunch of 10th graders trying to play varsity football. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's just funny. I,
0: I, I'll answer that quickly. I was pretty young. I was in college when, when they had the, the 2000 defense and I, I re, I do recall the angst of, uh, how many games in a row did they go without scoring? Yeah. To 20 quarters, yep. Yeah. 20 quarters in a row. So there was, there was some angst there. Um, so probably in the moment I didn't enjoy that as much as having the fourteen and two team with the unstoppable offense. But the the the, the season I will put up there that rivaled the twenty nineteen season was the oh six season. Yeah, when their defense was phenomenal and they were just scoring defensive touchdown after defensive touchdown, and and Ed Reed was just running amuck back there. That was really exciting.
2: Yeah, that that was a terrific year. So outstanding. So much fun to talk football. And always we get into these tangential things that I just love <laughs> talking about anyway. But Brad, really appreciate having you on. Tell folks again where they can talk football with you. Uh, at Twitter, I'm MC Bradley.
0: And I, I realized part of the reason that I don't tweet as much It's because of the character limit. And I always want to make so many different points and go on these tangents. And
2: Twitter is not really the avenue for that. It, it, it really is not. You know, this is, this is the funny, another story, but um, Twitter You know, went from 140 to to, to 280 characters. What, how many years ago? But it used to be you had a much shorter uh, time. You had to squeeze all your 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 link and your thought and everything into it. Just I, I know a lot of people like to tweet really short. They like to keep it pithy. I have a very hard time doing it, too. So you're not alone. There's just so much nuance in these discussions.
0: It's never, it's never one way or the other. If Calvin Austin is available in the fourth round, you take him, you fill the wide receiver room with another speedy fast guy. Instead, he's not there. And so you take Will Likely and all of a sudden, just maybe you change what you do. Maybe you throw it over the middle to a bunch of big bodies and Lamar is running around back there
2: repeating 2019 and now the, big, the the end of that tweet is four of four. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I I feel your pain, my friend. Uh, if you're out there and you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. Uh, that's that's. They're always open. I'll get back to you very quickly. Uh, had a lot of people do this so far this summer, so we had a lot of fun. I uh, want to get as many people on as possible before camp starts, and we'll have regular uh, new, uh, shows that uh, talk about what's going on at camp for about. 17 18 days however long we're allowed to be there and uh, that'll be a lot of fun and then we start to get into our regular season content which is packed uh pretty much week after week so if you'd like to be on a show this is the time hit me up with a nice narrow topic we'll get you on very quickly brad thanks again for joining us always a pleasure to talk football with you as always can appreciate it and we'll talk to you next time on film study